following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. What's going on, church family? Man! So I hope that this side of the audience didn't just bust me a while ago. I was, um, as soon as worship was done, the announcement video was rolling. I'm just so fired up to preach to you today. I was standing back here and I was just dancing away. I was doing like my own dance. Then I got to think, wait, there's people over here that can probably see you, Brad. Calm down. So if y'all saw my awful dance skills, I do apologize. That is not one of the giftings that the Lord has given me. I hope you're doing good today. It's good to see you. For those of you that are joining us online, it is an honor that you would allow us into your homes today. I'm excited to preach to you today. If you were wondering why uh, you didn't get a hug from Pastor Johnson on the porch today or an air high five, probably better, um, it's because he is not here physically. He is here in spirit, I promise, but he is in uh, the Beaumont, Texas area, speaking for the very first assistant that he ever hired when he moved to Austin, Pastor Nathan Keating. He was also my, uh, my youth pastor growing up, so that tells you how old Pastor Nathan really is today. Uh, but, but he sends his love, and we're going we're gonna to preach to you today. But before I do, didn't you enjoy 21 days of prayer and fasting? Come on. Y'all, we just wrapped that up, and it was uh, an amazing season where we just really set the foundation for what our lives spiritually are going to look like in this, this new year. It doesn't matter what happens out there. We have set the tone spiritually what our lives are going to look like, and uh, it was an amazing, amazing 21 days. And we're going to start our time together today with some questions. You like questions? I hope you do, because I got a bunch of them for you right off uh, the right off the out of the gate this morning. And I know the answer to some of these questions. I'm just kind of setting you up. I'm just I'm just getting it out there. How many of you? And I want you to raise your hands. How many of you own a piece of exercise equipment, and it's at your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of you. I see you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Some of you. I know you people, some of you people, I know a lot of you own exercise equipment because when all the shutdowns started taking place earlier last year, you couldn't buy, I mean, you could search everywhere. There was no equipment anywhere because all of you people were buying it up. <laughs> so I know that you have some at the house, but here's the next question. And I don't want you to raise your hand. I'm not trying to get you to admit to this, okay? But I know who you are. I cannot, I just, I feel it. And I know you're out there. How many of you own a large piece of exercise equipment at your house that it might, chances are very good it's sitting in your room? Don't raise your hands. No, no, no. But that's not even the kicker. Here's the kicker. That it has more clothes on it than your closet has in it. Yep. I don't want you to raise your hand. I know you're out there. And I'm sure the reason was because, you know, you just didn't have enough hangers in the closet or the laundry basket wouldn't uh, suffice. So, uh, you know, I just, uh, yeah, this, this elliptical looks like a great spot to lay my shirt, right? Uh-huh. Somebody said you do what you got to do. Yeah, I guess so. Man, my wife wouldn't allow that. I'm just telling y'all, uh-uh, not in my house. Woo! 
But your wife probably does, and that's why it's hanging there, sir, or laying there. But here, here's my, my question. I, I want to ask you another question. I told you I was full of them this morning. Why then did we purchase this exercise equipment? Why, why did we purchase the exercise equipment that has half of our wardrobe hanging on it from some form or fashion? And I'm going to give you the answer. Here's the reason. It's because you were believers. You believed in fitness. You believed in health. You believed in getting that COVID-15 off. You believed in getting that six-pack back. Woo! You believed in health. You believed you were, you were believers in it. This is, this is why we purchased it in the, in the beginning. We believed in it. We just didn't use it, right? This becomes a problem for us. And isn't it true that when it comes to exercise equipment, that oftentimes people don't act on what they believe? I got it, but I ain't going to use it. It's there. It looks pretty. But that's about all it's doing right now. It ain't helping me look prettier, let me tell you. It's holding my clothes. It's doing really, really good at that. And let me let you in on a little secret about health and fitness. And by no means do I really, really have the book written on this. I just know that, you know, on paper this works really well. I'm not saying I know this from experience, but, but here's what I know when it comes to fitness. Believing makes absolutely no difference. You can believe in fitness all you want, but that donut that you ate yesterday... Still going to be sitting on them hips. I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Maybe I'm talking about me, okay? I don't know. Believing in the physical fitness equipment that you bought doesn't do you very much. Believing, in fact, in your exercise equipment doesn't help you at all. What makes all the difference is doing something with what you purchased. Doing something with what you believe. In fact, doing something is what makes all the difference. And let me prove it to you. Have you ever exercised with a bad attitude? Every time, huh? <laughs> right? Every time. I don't want to get out of bed. You just got, you're the meanest person when you're working out. Get, that's my equipment. Get off my equipment. Ain't nobody even there. You're just mad. No, I don't, share, I don't share equipment back in the day. No, this is my, blah, get away. You have the worst attitude, and guess what? It still works. You can work out with a bad attitude, and it still produces the results, right? You can get on the elliptical machine just mad at the world, and just, but you just go breaking a sweat. Your heart rate's getting up. You're burning calories. All of a sudden, that donut isn't it amazing? Don't you just love the way the Lord created us? That you can consume a donut in 12 seconds, but it takes like 1,200 calories of rowing on a row machine to burn that off. Lord, we're all grateful today. Thank you. You know what really helps with your doing when it comes to physical fitness? It's having a partner, right? Have you ever worked out with a partner? especially if you're an early morning workout person. <laughs> it's easy to hit the snooze button when you know Johnny's not at the gym waiting on you. But when you know Johnny's getting up, 
you're going to get out of bed and you're going to go to the gym because even in physical fitness, accountability matters. Having somebody helping to hold you account, if that's why people hire personal trainers, because they don't have the discipline to do it on their own, so they give up their good earned money to have somebody hold them accountable. And so today, if you are a, a Christian, what do, we, what do we church people call ourselves? A believer. I'm a believer. You're a believer. I'm surrounded by believers. We believe what the New Testament teaches. We believe what Jesus taught. We are a believer. But sometimes we don't act on what we believe. Sometimes we don't forgive even though we need to forgive. Sometimes we don't actually love our enemies. Sometimes we, let's just use this, even though you know water baptism is amazing and Jesus was water baptized, you, you know it's something you want to do and something you need to do, but you choose not to do it. Sometimes we don't, we don't give generously when we know this is what we should do and what we want to do and how Jesus would model it throughout his, his word, but, but sometimes we, we choose not to, to act on what we really believe. It's amazing. The list could go on and on and on, and you know, you know what that is, but it's not just listen. Listen, when it comes to, to following Jesus, you have to believe without question, but it's not just believing that makes the difference in our lives. It's what we do with what we believe. If you believe in here and you walk out of this building and you walk into your jobs, you walk into your homes, you walk into your schools and you don't act on what you believe, then how in the world are we gonna ever reach this world for Jesus Christ. If you don't act on what you believe, if I don't act on what I believe when I go through the Starbucks line, right? How are we going to accomplish what we're called to do if we don't act on what we believe? And I want you, listen, I want you to believe in Jesus. Please don't get me wrong. You need to, but I don't want you to stop there. I want you to actually follow Jesus. Don't just believe it, but I want you to live out what you believe every day of your life because following Jesus is what will change your life practically and it will help change the lives of other people that you come in contact with every single day. I want you to actually follow Jesus because it's, it's the following of Jesus that will actually make your life better and it will actually make you better at life if you follow him with everything that you have. And here's where we're gonna sit a little bit today and I wanna make this statement and I don't want to be insensitive in the middle of a pandemic and so I want you to understand my heart today. This is not in reference to the pandemic. I understand that there are legitimate concerns, and I, I'm not talking about that, so please don't put words in my mouth. But here's what I want you to understand, is that you can't follow Jesus in isolation. 
It's not the way that you and I were created. We can't follow Jesus in isolation. You can't follow him all by yourself. In fact, this is a, this is a team sport. This is about us. This is about we together following Jesus. In fact, uh, when the Apostle Paul would write and when he would talk to people about what it looked like to follow Jesus practically, he would hammer this point home that it is about relationships and it's about relationships with other people, that this is not, this is not a solo thing. This is not you standing uh, on a platform singing a song all by yourself with the, the spotlight, right? That is not what it looks like to follow Jesus. In fact, he would, throughout his writings, he would really give us what, what I'm calling the title of my message today. He would give us a one another list. He would teach us how to, to be with one another, how we act out our faith as we actually follow Jesus. And he would say things like, forgive one another, Accept one another, care for one another, encourage one another, submit to one another, restore one another, carry one another's burdens, and bear with one another. It's not just about praying and reading your Bible, and you need to, and you should be doing those, but there is, there is more to following Jesus than just that. That is spotlight Christianity. That is all about me, Christianity. And what you'll find throughout the teachings of Jesus is that there's so much more to your spiritual life than just that component. They're necessary, but you can't just believe it privately. You have to behave it publicly. So this morning, I want to take you to the book of Hebrews, and, and I want you to watch this. This is, this is pretty powerful. I want you to catch this as I read this passage to you. There is a, a vertical relationship with God that the author is talking about here, and you'll see that. But I want you to see how he switches and kind of pivots to talking about horizontal relationships and the importance of that. So he'll really, if you read more than what we're gonna read today, you'll see how he, he goes back and forth between the two. Um, but, but watch this, chapter 10, verse 19, says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. What are we talking about? The holy place was, was the holy of holies in the Old Testament, right? Where only the high priest was allowed to go. And so what he's saying here is that, that now Jesus has come on the scene to replace the entire temple system. So we have direct access to God. We, we, don't, need, we don't need the high priest in the way. He says, listen, we've got direct access. Verse 20 says, by a new and living Way. This is not an old, dead way. We're not sacrificing animals anymore. That was in the past. He says, but a new way is in through his body. And he's talking about the body of Christ. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us, once again, watch this. This is the vertical part. Let us, this is just me and God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart full of assurance that faith brings. And watch, he starts to turn here a little bit. He says, now let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And here's, here's where he makes the big turn. He says, and let us consider how we may spur, and here's our phrase, one another on. 
So he pivots from this vertical relationship between you and God, and now he's talking about your horizontal relationships between you and the people that you do life with. He's talking about the relationships between you and other believers. He says, in your relationships with believers, I want you to stir each other up. What does he mean? He means I want you to be involved in the lives of people to the point where you see a friend struggling and you can speak into their world. He's saying, I want you to spur one another on to to the point where if you are connected to people in your sphere of influence, that you see a couple struggling, that you can speak into them and you can give them wisdom and you can help guide them through whatever they're walking through. He's saying, I want you to spur one another on. I want you to be in relationships with people where you can spur them on, where you're able to to be a part of their life. And it's very, very relational. There's a relational piece to your spiritual life that I want to make sure that you're making the most of. Because what he's trying to get across here is that, that he's saying, okay, listen, Praying and reading your Bible is necessary, and that's great. That is the vertical aspect of your relationship with God and your spiritual life that you need to make sure that you're dialed in, and that is, that is great. But there's also a horizontal piece that you can't miss that is absolutely critical to your faith, and it's that you need one another. We need each other. You need the person sitting next to you. You need the person sitting across the room from you. As believers, listen, we need each other. We need each other. Verse 24, he says to spur on each other. Where? Toward, and this is very practical again. He says toward love and good deeds. What is, this is belief in action. This is taking what you believe and walking it out in your everyday life. What is he saying? He's saying, take all the clothes that you have on that elliptical machine in your room, hang them up, put them in the closet, and get on the elliptical machine and start working it. He's saying the time is over for you to to have it sitting in the corner and not use it. It's time to start doing, putting your belief into action. We're not gonna accomplish everything that God has intended for you to accomplish without the horizontal piece of our spiritual life. Let me say it another way. You were designed for a purpose. The elliptical was designed for a purpose, but it will not accomplish what it was designed for if you have clothes sitting on it. The things that God has in store for your life would blow your mind if you would focus on your vertical relationship, but then you would also start focusing on your horizontal relationships because you were designed for both, but you've just been giving time to one. And you're wondering why you're not as fulfilled as some people are and what the joy that you had at one point, you don't really experience it anymore. I have a feeling It's because we're missing the horizontal component of our spiritual life. And then this is like one of my favorite parts. I don't know why I love in the Bible when I feel like, you know, the words just jump off the page and just get right up in my business. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why. It just, I kind of get, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh man, he's talking to me right now. Yeah. So I'm probably going to enjoy this too much. But, but he gets all of it. And it's amazing too with what we're walking through with a global pandemic right now that the entire world is dealing with. It's amazing how the word of God is still so true and so relevant to what we're walking through. And, and please, when I read this next passage of scripture, please don't jump to conclusions and don't put words in my mouth. Watch. He says this, not giving up, meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Oh, man. Doesn't he get right there? He's like, oh, this is, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And there's some people that literally cannot come to church because they are in the vulnerable population. And, And listen to me. For those of you that are watching online, first and foremost, let me just stop and tell you how much I honor you. If that is you, that you stayed plugged in to what God is doing through our online services and everything that we're doing online because here's what I know, that it's, it's easy for a short period of time to stay connected online, but it's more difficult the longer this goes on. And so I honor all of you. Come on, if you're in the house, can you give it, give it up for those that aren't able to be here, that have stayed connected? Yeah. But he says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And let me tell you this too. Let me, let, me just, let me just get real transparent. Once we get through this, whenever that is, I don't pretend to know that day. You know what the big C church is going to deal with and what they're, they're going to fight against, what we're going to fight against? is not people not loving church and not loving God, but they've become disconnected because they haven't been intentional about staying connected. And so the church is going to fight new routines. And I'm, I'm telling you, for those of you that are in the house, for those of you that are watching online, this is the season of our lives when we have to fight with everything that we have to stay connected to the people that are around us. This is not the time to take a break relationally. I know it may be hard. I know it may be difficult. I know it may look different than it's ever looked. But if there's ever been a season in our lives, you have got to stay connected relationally to people that you, are, that you do life with. This is the time to pick up the phone and reach out and call when you kind of feel when their name just pops in your head. That's not just coincidence. Pick up the phone and call. Send a text message. Write an email. Get on FaceTime. Get on Zoom. You've got to stay connected because here's what's going to happen you were not created to be a lone ranger spiritually you are not designed to to walk out your faith by yourself in fact we we learn in hebrews that that your spiritual life is not firing on all cylinders if this is the way that you're going about your spiritual life because there's a major piece that's missing and here's what, I, here's what I'll find if some of you, and be honest with yourself, if you found yourself drifting away spiritually, I have a, a very good feeling that I know the reason why. It's because you drifted away from your relationships. 
and you've isolated. You've isolated yourself spiritually is what I'm referring to. And you haven't been intentional and it's so, listen, you'll start to see your spiritual life move in the opposite direction that you want it to. And I have a feeling there's a direct correlation of your horizontal relationships. That you're not as connected because we physically can't be as connected. And so it's not as easy as it was a year ago to be connected. Therefore, your spiritual life kind of hung on and it, you were able to maintain. But now you're like, I'm not even doing anything differently, but I'm just, I don't feel God like I was used to feeling him. It's because your horizontal relationships, you've isolated a little bit, maybe even unintentionally, and you, didn't even, you weren't even aware of it. But I'm telling you, in this season, you have to be ultra aware of your horizontal relationships because there is a correlation with your vertical relationship. And if you get this right, it's gonna be easier to get this right if you're in relationship with other believers. So Jesus would be crucified. He rises from the dead, he commissions the church. And we, we hear this, this passage of scripture, right? In, in Matthew 25, he would say, listen, there's gonna be a time and an opportunity that you have to take care of each other. And for those of you that take care of each other, man, this is, this is gonna be good. But, but see, then there's gonna be some that'll say, when were you naked and I didn't give you clothes? When were you in prison and when did we see you needing food? When did we see you in distress and we didn't render aid? And Jesus will say, as you did unto them, it's like you've done it unto me. Oh, so, so what you're saying is that the way that we treat others is an indication of how we treat you. Jesus says, yeah, because you are my body. If you isolate yourself from the body of Christ, there's a good chance that you're gonna feel isolated from your heavenly father. If you abandon community, if you abandon one another during this season, chances are it's easier to abandon your faith Because faith comes alive in community. Faith comes alive in community. And so we, we jump back to our Hebrews text. And this is how the author would conclude in verse 25. It says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But here's the contrast. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day Approaching, encouraging one another. You and I need to have people in our lives that you are encouraging and then people are encouraging you. Why? Because it takes courage to live out your faith in your schools. Because it takes courage to not just believe, but to live out your faith in the workplace and to lead people on your jobs that are far from God. It takes courage to lead by example. And we all need, we need courage and we need people in our lives that are encouraging us. And it's why, listen, it's why we do life groups here. 
And it's why life groups are who we are. That's a better way to say it. It's not so we can fill your calendar up with stuff to do. It's because there is so much value in relationships. There's value in community. Your, your faith will come alive in community. And I know, I know what some of us say. Well, I don't have time for another night of the week. I don't have time. I'm, I've got so much stuff. You don't even know my calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks a lot like mine and the person sitting next to you. I'm, I don't have time. You didn't have time for exercise either. It's why some of you didn't do it. But here's what I know. You wish you had done it. You wish you had done it. Because had you done it, your heart would be healthier. Your cholesterol probably wouldn't be as high. Your doctor wouldn't be on your case. Psychologically, you would be thinking better. You would have better self-esteem, better self-confidence. You would have more energy throughout the day. You wish that you would have gotten up and exercised. You just didn't act on what you believed. And for those of you that did prioritize exercise, here's what I know about you. Is that you had to give up some pretty important things to do something difficult to do something that maybe not everybody else was willing to do. And here's what I know about you, is that you didn't have to go buy new jeans during the pandemic. <laughs> and you feel good, you feel strong. You have a good outlook on life. Your heart is healthier. Your muscles are stronger. I don't, listen, I don't know what, what kind of group you're looking for. And, and I, listen, this is, a, this is absolutely a plug for our life groups, but it's not because I want you to be a part of one of our life groups. It's because I want your life to come alive, and it comes alive, your spiritual life through community. So I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know if you enjoy running, and if you do, we're going to pray for you at the end of service. We have running life groups. We have men's and women's Bible study life groups. We have financial freedom life groups. We have freedom groups. If you've been struggling with things from your past, things that you didn't even know about, here's what I'll tell you. If you can't find a group that fits you, get in a freedom group and watch what God does in your life. It's absolutely amazing. We have leadership, business leadership groups. Here's one of my favorites this semester. This is a brand new group that our student ministry team is taking on. And, and if I had a teenager, I would be in this group. Are you ready for the title of it? What I Wish My Parents Knew. Anonymous submissions from teenagers. Parents, I know you think you know everything about your kid, but there's things that they're dealing with that perhaps they haven't opened up to you about. And groups, listen, this is where your faith comes alive. This is where your family gets stronger. It's through horizontal relationships. And so I implore you to be a part of a group. Obviously, I'm biased. 
from the, this church's life groups because I believe in them. But I, I will even just get in a group where people, where believers are acting out their faith and living out their faith and they're doing fun things, but then they're also having a Bible study and we're just talking about the good things of God. You gotta have the vertical part, but you also have to have the horizontal part of your spiritual life. Would you stand with me? If you're looking for a life group, they open today. You can sign up for a life group today on the website. And there will be more groups added over the next week and a half or so. If you're looking to lead a life group, you can still sign up to lead a life group. More groups will be added. But don't miss your opportunity. Here's how I want to end our time together today. I want you to add up. And you won't need a calculator and you won't need much time. But I want you to add up over the last Let's use over since the pandemic started, the last year or so. Add up all the things that you did instead of exercising. I told you it wouldn't take very long. Add it up. What, what did you do? Did you get an extra few minutes of sleep? Stay at the office longer? Add it up. Just total it up. Can I tell you what you have? Let me, let me show you your total. What you have to show for all that? Nothing. Really. Nothing productive, I'm sure. You don't, you don't have much to show for the time that you didn't get up and do it. And trust me, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching at us. <laughs> I'm, I'm a part of this. And the same thing is true for life groups. If you add up all the hours of things that you did instead of committing to a group, what do you have to show for it? You watch an extra quarter of a football game? You don't even remember who was playing now. Nothing. But had you done it, your life would look different today. And I'm telling you, if you dive in and you start this semester, your life will look different next time life groups meet again because your faith will start to come alive in ways that you never dreamed possible. For those of you that are joining us online, we have virtual groups as well. We have all different kinds of groups meeting. But I promise you, all the stuff that we fill our calendars with at the end of the year that you'll use as an excuse not to be a part of a group, when you go back and add it up, you have nothing to show for it, but I promise you, if you'll step out in faith and you'll try it, you know some of the things that you'll have to show for at the end of the year, you know what you're gonna meet at the end of the semester? You're gonna meet some of the most amazing people that you'll ever meet in your life. You'll meet lifelong friends because you took a step of courage to jump into a life group. You'll meet people from the first service that you didn't even know went to church here. And they'll have the privilege of meeting you and getting to know you. You'll form friendships. Your kids will become friends with, with their kids. You'll have somebody that can spur you on and encourage you when life isn't going your way. You and I need one another. We need one another. 
I love Rose. I love Rose. But you grow in circles too. You grow relationally as well. So Lord, right now, God, I thank you. Thank you for your word today. God, I thank you for challenging us. Lord, I know, I know even, even now when life is crazy and it's different than what it looked like a year ago, even now, our calendars are full with stuff and things that really, when we add it up, doesn't amount to a whole lot. So I pray today for every person in the room, every person watching online, that as they start to contemplate their spiritual life, that you would allow us to see the importance of not just the vertical, I think we all understand that, but the horizontal piece to our spiritual life as well. The people that we do life with, other believers. And Lord, I pray if they're curious about groups, give them the courage and the faith to take, take that step, lead a group, be a part of a group, and God, I'm excited about what you're going to do through this semester of life groups as we see our church, as people that are in the groups watch their faith come alive. Bless them, be with them, give them a great week. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Hey, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. We'll see you next Sunday right here in the house. Have a great day.